Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Man, it's, it's good to have you guys with us today. If you're a visitor, uh, welcome. Glad you guys chose to join us um, today. If you're a regular, it's always good to be a family. Uh, maybe you came from Easter. This is your second time. Maybe you came on Easter Sunday. Now you're back on this Sunday, and you think that it's something about coming to this church where it just seems to snow and get cold when that happens, right? And I just want to say, Christy and I were really wrestling with whether or not we should have put our Christmas tree back up. Anybody wrestling with that a little bit? And then taking our family photos in the snow because you know we're not going to have it next December, right? And so, um, man, it's, it's just one of those weird, weird seasons. But it's good to have you guys with us. So Easter's over. And actually, we should correct ourselves. Easter's not over. Easter's ongoing continuously. Amen? Uh, but Easter Sunday is over. And, uh, man, we had a great time just experiencing God in that. We talked specifically uh, about running out of our graves, that God called you by name, and when God called you by name, you ran out of your grave, out of your grave of insecurity, or your grave of fear, or your grave of depression, or, or your grave of, of a broken relationship. Whatever your grave was, we talked about how God calls us, and we ran out of our grave on Easter Sunday, and it was awesome, and we're, we're rallying behind that, but now that Easter Sunday's over, now that we've run out of our grave, grave. Anybody ever get to that place of saying, now what? Now what do I do? Anybody? Okay, two of us. Awesome. So most of us in here feel it, I'm sure. But we run out of that grave and we say, now what? Now now do I wait? I just come back at Christmas time, right? Christmas and Easter, folks, right? So do I just wait? No, 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 no. God has something tremendous for your life. Amen, church? And so now actually, now that you've run out of your grave, now that resurrection power has happened, now is where the rubber meets the road, all right? Now is where your, your, your journey really begins. And yes, great, 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 you ran out of your grave, that's awesome, but now you get to see what a transformed life looks like. That's what we're after, is a transformed life. And so if we have life of the life of Jesus placed within us, if we found our life in Jesus Christ, what are we going to do with it? If God's like stirring your affections, stirring your hearts, and you're ready to move in him, the question becomes, what are we going to do with it? And so this last couple of weeks, we were praying about where we wanted to go after Easter, and uh, we knew that we wanted to talk about the power of God in our lives, because we'd spent just the last few months talking about the presence of Jesus and chasing after the presence of Jesus, and then we kind of transitioned into position, who we are in Christ, sons and daughters of the God Most High, trading in whatever the enemies lied about you, whatever the enemies told you, traded that in for the position of Jesus, because we've been a, a Adopted in to God's family. And so we knew that we wanted to transition in and talk about the power of God to live out the Christian life. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about what it means to live the Spirit-filled life. Because when Jesus stepped out of the tomb, and when Jesus stepped out of the grave, and then when he called you to step out of the grave, he didn't just tell you to do that just in meekness where you have no power. He empowered you to do that. Amen, church. And so we're going to focus on all that, and it's, I'm really excited about that. But before we start talking about the Holy Spirit and his power, before we get into that, the first thing that we need to address in here is the purpose that God has called us to. Amen? 
the purpose that God has called us to. Why does God want to give us the power of the Holy Spirit? Why does God want to give us the power of the Spirit-filled life if we don't even know what to do with that power? And here's what I mean by that. Power without purpose is dangerous, amen? Because you can have the power of God and then all of a sudden it's like a shotgun and great things are happening, but there can also be carnage with it as well, amen? So power without purpose is dangerous. But on the other side, purpose without power is difficult. So it's both. You, you need power to live out the purpose, but you need purpose that goes along with the power. And so before we talk about being filled with the power of God, we need to know what the purpose of God is in our life now that we've run out of our tomb. Amen? So that's today what we're going to focus on. We're going to talk about that purpose. We have to understand that purpose to have the power of Jesus Christ inside of us. We've said over and over and over again, you're probably going to get tired of hearing this, but I get to do the preaching. Amen? So... You've said over and over and over again that God didn't just save us from something, but he saved us to something. So if he saved us to something, we all have purpose in our life, amen? And I believe that God saved us to was that we were going to be people that were going to build bridges for kingdom, amen? We are bridge builders. And let me just kind of tell you what I mean by that. We've got a lot of kids in, in my family. Between my two brothers and myself, there's 14 grandkids under the age of 12, right? And we've told you that before. And it's just chaos. I'm just saying, it's just chaos. We love kids. God loves kids. But I've told you this, we really love our wives probably a little more, all right? And so we've got kids all over the place. And, and so when we go out into the country, and we love to kind of go out into the country and go down the river and go down the creeks, and we love to do those kinds of things. But every time we go down there, we take the kids down there and there's something about kids and water you know you know what I'm talking about something about kids and water the minute they see water there's a nice bridge that goes across the creek but instead of using the bridge it's all about how can we get across the creek without the bridge anybody like that in your life right and so what we see is we see the boys and they're, they're developing ideas where they'll try to jump across it and land in the water. They'll try to lay planks down. They're trying to build their own bridge even though there's a perfect bridge right here. They're trying to build their own bridge. The girls are laying stones down and you know they're trying to step on stuff. Inevitably, every kid is wet when we leave, all right? Every one of them has fallen in. Why? Because there's a perfectly good bridge here but we all want to develop our own bridges to get across. You know, church, we're not so different. God gave us a bridge in Jesus Christ, but we don't really like that bridge, so we're all trying to develop our own bridge to get to a better life. We're all trying to develop our own bridge to get to a better life. I'm going to lay down my own sticks. I'm going to lay down my own stones. I'm going to do that. When God says there's a perfect bridge here, and I'm going to develop my own bridge to try to get to that better life. I need um, Tyson and Caleb. Come on up here real quick. So, so, so when I was growing up and, and in college, I was at a part of a group called Navigators. Come on up here, boys. And, and I know I've showed you this probably before. Go ahead and grab that side, Caleb. And Tyson, you grab that side. And uh, you can just grab the end, buddy, right there. So, so there's a, there, when you were doing discipleship in the Navigators, they used this illustration called the bridge illustration. Anybody heard of the bridge illustration? 
And the whole concept is, is that man is over here, humanity's over here, and there's this huge chasm between humanity and God where we're trying to get to. All right? And so we always say, you know, we've got all of our attempts. We're trying to lay down our own bridges. Success. Can I get to God through success? Nope, that didn't work. Can I get to God through lust? No, I can't. Can I get to God through? And we're always trying to lay down all of these other bridges to try to get to God. And so this Navigator's Bridge illustration said the only way to get to God is to know that Jesus laid the bridge and the bridge was the cross. Amen? And so Jesus says, and I was going to walk on this, but I'm not going to because I don't, I don't think that's going to work, all right? So Jesus says, Jesus says that to get to God over the chasm, there's one bridge, and that's him, amen? And so this bridge illustration of Jesus being the bridge to God is the same illustration that you and I, once the work on the cross was finished, we have been called now to be bridge builders of his kingdom. Amen? Thank you, guys. Can you guys give them a hand for that? Good job. And so this is why, church, it's so important to know when Scripture says to take up your cross daily, and we always look at it in the same way. We always look at take up your cross daily as a form of going, yeah, man, it's to remind me it's not about my life. It's about the life of Jesus. I got to carry my cross because if I'm carrying my cross, it's a reminder that I've died to myself and all that. And I'm going to say yes to that. Absolutely. We take up our cross daily to know that we've given up our life for the life of, cross, uh, of Christ. But let me tell you why else we take up our cross. We take up our cross daily because God has called us into the ministry of reconciliation reconciliation and so we carry the bridge for other people to get to God amen so we carry this thing as a reminder that it's not about our life and we carry this thing as an extension of the ministry of Jesus Christ to say look you can get from your chasm where you are at in humanity over to the goodness of God and it comes to this bridge right here you see, church, we can have all the power in the world from the Holy Spirit, but if we don't have our purpose in God, then it's meaningless. As God was showing me where we're at, basically, I feel like by default, coming into the life of Christ, when we say yes, by default, we become bridge builders. If you've said yes to Jesus, you have just signed up to be a bridge builder for his kingdom. By default, when you said yes to Jesus, reconciliation became your purpose. And I'm going to show you that here. 2 Corinthians 5. Everybody turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 11. Because we understand our fearful responsibility. Everybody say responsibility. To the Lord... We work hard to persuade others. So because we understand our responsibility to the Lord, now it's not about me, but I'm working now to persuade others about how Jesus Christ has become their bridge to God, to eternity, to the Father. And then he goes on and he says, either way, Verse 14, skipping down. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So from now on, 
So he's changing our life. So, so we've been changed. We've been transformed. We, our name has been called. We ran out of our team, tomb. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. From now on, when I'm going to look at people, I'm not going to look at people as, oh, a bunch of sinners, a bunch of mess-ups. They've got so much junk in their life. You don't know so-and-so. You, they, they are really, really in despair. I'm going to look at those people now from the eyes of Christ going, they just need the love of Jesus. Amen. They just need a little love of Jesus. They just need reconciliation. They're on this side of the chasm trying to get to God, and I've got the bridge builder inside of me. Amen. So, so he goes on and he says this, therefore, in verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry. Everybody say, gave us. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed. Everybody say, committed. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Look, you've been committed. (laughs) You're not busy. God's committed something else in your life. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen, church, the goal of Jesus Christ has not changed. He simply empowers us now to be the bridge builders in him. Amen? The goal of Jesus Christ has not changed. After the resurrection, after he said, go and make disciples, it has not changed. He still has the same desire for you and I to be a part of, and that goal is reconciliation. We have been reconciled, therefore we go in a place of reconciliation that's been placed upon us to bridge people back to God. So the question then becomes, what are we doing about that? The term reconcile defined is this, to restore, I love this, this definition, to restore to friendly relations. <laughs> to restore to friendly relations, to make compatible again. Why is that so important? Because there was a time in our life where we were not friendly with God, all right? There was a time in our life where we were not friendly with God. There was a time in our life where we were not compatible with God. And here's how we know that. Colossians 1.21 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. Amen? So there was a time that we were not friendly with God. There was a time that we were not compatible with God. Then Jesus Christ, the great bridge builder, comes in and lays out his purpose to bridge the gap between humanity and God so that we could get to him. And then all of a sudden, that enmity that we once had with God was vanished. Now, today, even right now, in your state, if you've said yes to Jesus and you're like, you don't understand, yesterday was a bad day for me, all right? Like, I was totally not walking in the ways of God. If you were to go before the Lord today, according to this verse, you stand before God free from blemish without accusation against you. Why? Because God doesn't look and say, you screwed up on Saturday. He looks at you and says, man, my son is planted in your heart, and he's the great bridge builder. Amen? 
So church, l- listen to why I-, I believe we got to get this today. And let me just start off by saying, when we talk about the reconciliation of Jesus, the power of the reconciliation of Jesus bridges all people together, okay? It bridges all people together. Let me just dispel something for, for just a minute. Reconciliation isn't just for some people. Reconciliation isn't just for some people. Reconciliation doesn't happen just for some people. It's not like, well, this group gets it and and this group doesn't. What, What I mean is this, there's not a certain type of person that gets to receive the ministry of reconciliation. That's what's so powerful about this purpose that we walk in. Reconciliation, when it becomes our new DNA, it bridges all of us together, all right? I'm just gonna confess to you, I'm not tatted up. I don't have a big dragon tattoo on my back, all right? I've never shanked anybody. Anybody shank anybody? You don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand, all right? I've never shanked anybody. I grew up in like the imitation of Zach Morris and Saved by the Bell, all right? That was my life. I wanted to be Zach Morris. I grew up, tight rolled my jeans. Anybody tight roll their jeans? Come on now. Amen. I grew up flat top and curled my hair in the back. Yeah, that was a ridiculous stage, all right? This is how I grew up. I grew up in small towns, man. My goal in life was to have a horse ranch in Montana, all right? I never wanted to live in the city. This is how I I grew up. I remember these things. I I grew up where in small towns you said howdy to everybody. I remember my wife and I went, and we were in um, Orange County, California, all right? And I'm just telling you right now, in California, you don't say howdy to people, all right? We were walking in the airport, and I'm like, howdy, howdy, howdy. And they were like, what a Kansas hick, right? This is how I grew up, but what bridges me with people that have shanked people, all right? What bridges me with people that are tatted up, that are brothers in Christ, what bridges me with people that I never grew up in that lifestyle, what bridges me with those people is that reconciliation of Jesus is for everyone and puts us all on the same playing field, amen? This is what bridges us. We all need to get from here to here. What bridges us, we're all on the same playing field in that. Jesus transcends all of those things. It's not just for a group of people, it's for everybody. So why is reconciliation then so important? And I just want to say this, because reconciliation was the role of Jesus on planet Earth. And if reconciliation was the role of Jesus on planet Earth, and that was his purpose, then our purpose needs to become his purpose. Amen? Our purpose needs to become his purpose. Jesus is not going to just lavish the Holy Spirit's power upon us to do something that he didn't come to do. He's not just going to give us power without purpose behind it, as we were saying earlier. So we have to ask ourselves, what did Jesus do in the power that was given to him while he was on planet Earth? Jesus walked in the ministry of reconciliation while he was on planet Earth. How did he do that? 1 John 3, 8 tells us one way. The Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? One of the primary purposes of Jesus Christ was simply to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus loves people. Jesus hates the enemy. And his desire is to see people made whole again, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Jesus reconciles us back to God so that we can have wholeness again. And that's what he did. Because the work of the devil was to keep you spiritually, emotionally, and physically in despair. So Jesus comes to break that down and give you life. Then our role, if that was the role of Jesus, then our role should be that we destroy the works of the devil. That should be our role. Why? Because we're an extension of the ministry of Jesus. 
So we become an extension of the reconciliation ministry to people. Look what Jesus says in Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So just stop for a minute. We ask ourselves, are there still people shackled in despair? Are there still people that are chained in fear? Are there still people struggling emotionally and physically and spiritually? And the answer is yes. We know that to be true. So why would we not continue the work of Christ here and now? Why would we run out of the grave and say, God called my name and I ran out of the grave from a broken relationship. God called my name and I ran out of the grave from depression and fear. Why would we run out of our grave and do nothing with it with the purposes of Jesus Christ? We are called to be bridge builders. We carry the cross as a reminder that it's not about our life, and we carry the cross as a reminder that we lay that foundation for people here to the hand of God, and we intercede on their behalf because we're bridge builders. Church, this is our purpose. It's our role. Back to our text in 2 Corinthians 5.11, because... Listen to what he says, because of knowing that, that we continue the work of Christ, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. He's not just saying that lightly. He's not just like, man, we've got kind of a a responsibility. It's a fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. So Jesus makes us an extension of his ministry. So we have to ask ourselves a question. Did Jesus really expect you and I as his followers, did he really think that we would be able to do what he did on planet earth? Did he? Absolutely he did. He absolutely believed we we could do that. Listen to John 14. I love this. You guys know it. We're passionate about this. John 14, starting with verse 12, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. And even greater works. And he goes on, he talks about because he's going to the Father and he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming. But he's talking about that we're going to do even greater works. And I've had to stop many times and ask myself the question, how is that possible? Jesus walked on water, water, calmed storms, raised people from the dead. Jesus spoke life into those that were deaf, blind, and he brought them back out of their blindness, out of their deafness. Jesus physically healed people when they didn't have legs. And I'm like, God, what does it mean that we're going to do even greater things? And here's the revelation that God gave me. Here's what he's saying. He's saying you will do greater things because Jesus, when he came as a man on this earth, he was locked into one region. And he's saying now that I'm everywhere, these works that I've done will go to the cro- across the nations, across the planet. Amen? Why? Because you're bridge builders. <laughs> Why? Because you now, every one of you that said yes to Jesus Christ, you hold a cross where you bridge people that are broken. You bridge people. And through the power of Jesus Christ, you bring them to God where they're restored and renewed and refreshed in him. Why did he say you're going to do greater things? Because he's believing that the church isn't going to stay within four walls. The church isn't going to come in on a Sunday morning, sing kumbaya, get a good goosebump feeling, and then leave going, I can't wait for next Sunday. That's never what his intention was. Why does he say you're going to do greater things? Because his belief was the church was going to come in, get encouraged, get filled with the Spirit, have a primary purpose, ministries of reconciliation, and we're going to leave these doors, and the world was going to be affected, not because of a Sunday morning experience. Jesus didn't expect his followers' ministries to be weak imitations of his own. 
He expected his followers' ministries to be in the same context that he lived in. John 17, 18, here's how I know that. Jesus says, just as you sent me into the world, Father, so I am sending them into this world. Just as you gave me purpose, God, now I'm going to give them that same purpose. Church, this is why this is so important for us. Because we can have all the power of the Holy Spirit. We could talk about that. We'd have all the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And with no purpose, we would misuse it and we could absolutely abuse it. But we could have all the purpose in the world as well. But without the Holy Spirit's power in our life to live out that purpose, we're going to struggle and find it difficult to live out. Amen? So today, I just want to break two things down real quickly. He said in verse 19, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Literally, when it says he has committed to us, it means he has placed within us the message of reconciliation. That's what he did. He placed within us the message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation brings hope. It was a message that you've been made new. Now go and help others be made new. Think of this, the moment that you were transformed, the moment that, you, that God's renaming power came over you, and instead of identifying in your old ways, instead of saying, man, I'm a lousy husband, think of the moment that you encountered Jesus. Instead of saying, I'm a lousy husband, you said, no, 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 I'm a man of God, amen? Think of the time, ladies, where you were sitting there and saying, man, I'm just depressed and in despair, and in that moment, that's how you felt, and then the presence of God came over you and said, no, 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 I have joy in the Spirit, Think about you that have have stepped out and and there's been adultery in your marriages or whatever. And you said, God can never restore. That's all I am. I'm adulteress. That's all I am. I'm adulteress. And all of a sudden, God says, you're not adulteress. You're a new bride in Christ. This is what the transforming power of God does. And so we've been marked by that grace. And so God says, would you be a bridge builder to help others be marked by that same thing? Those that feel like they're in despair, those that feel like they've been marked by the world, those that have been lied to, would you come and help them outside of that by building a bridge to show them that that same grace can reside in them? This is the ministry of reconciliation. God is saying if my body does what it's called to do and lives how it's called to live, then the world will see my love and grace through you. It is then, church, if this is true, everything we're saying It is the greatest work in the world for it's the greatest issue in the world today. It is the greatest calling, it's the greatest privilege to be given the responsibility to preach the message of reconciliation. So why why are we not doing it? It says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Let me tell you why I believe we're not doing it. Because we've committed ourselves to a thousand things. I've committed myself to work, and I've committed myself to family, and I've committed myself to sports, and I've committed myself to the clubs that I'm a part of, and I've committed myself, and I've committed myself, and I've committed myself, and I've committed myself that when I get home, I'm tired, and when I'm tired, I don't have time to bring reconciliation to other people. When I'm tired, I don't have time to build bridges. Even though he never says to commit yourself to all those other things, he says he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. But the busyness of life and the overcommitting of life stops us short from committing ourselves to the things that God desires for us. Now, can we do those things? Can we do reconciliation in the workplace? Absolutely. It's where it should be done. Can we do reconciliation on our sports teams? 
absolutely should be done on those. Can we do it in these places? Absolutely. But we have to know that we are bridge builders in those places and that God has called us to his purposes. Real quickly, the ministry of reconciliation is the reason, listen, the ministry of reconciliation is the reason we've been left on planet Earth. Have you ever wondered, like, and, 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 and when you're reading this passage here, it starts to make sense, but if you're wondering when Jesus came out of the tomb and he resurrected and everybody's like, yeah, Jesus is alive, and then all of a sudden he reveals himself to 500 people, and then all of a sudden they, they see him ascend to heaven, have you ever wondered why they said, or didn't say, take us with you? Like, we get it. Your life, we want life. We don't want to stay here. We want life. You ever wonder why Jesus ascends and he's not taking everybody with him in that moment? Because we've been left on planet earth because he says, now you carry with you the ministry of reconciliation. You've been committed to it. The reason that we're here right now and we didn't get go up with Jesus when he ascended into heaven is because there's still brokenness, amen? There are still people that are on this side of the chasm that need to get to here. And he's called us to do it as the church. It doesn't happen on Sunday mornings alone, church. We don't go from Sunday to Sunday we don't ride on that wave of can't wait till next Sunday. We take what the word of God is doing in here. We impart it into our life. We carry our cross and we build bridges from people to the kingdom of God. And lastly, worship band, you guys can come on up. He says this, we are Christ's ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Listen to this, as though God were making his appeal through us. So, so where Christ came as God's ambassador, he spoke, he even says that I only speak and do what I see my Father speaking and doing in heaven. Where Christ came as God's ambassador, now that role that Jesus played, that role is on us. We have a fearful responsibility. An ambassador an ambassador speaks only what their ruler speaks. An ambassador is the ruler's mouthpiece. An ambassador utters only the ruler's thoughts, not their own thoughts. An ambassador never promises what they desire, but only promises what their king can do. An ambassador doesn't demand their own things, but rather those things for the kingdom. An ambassador is a representative their message and authority are given by the king. When the Roman government would come in and they would conquer territories, they would leave a series of ambassadors, usually five to 10 ambassadors that would stay in that conquered territory. So that when that conquered territory would begin to shift off track from the Roman empire, the ambassador would speak, but it wasn't what they wanted. It was always on behalf of the king. And so when this group over here that was conquered would begin to kind of go off the rails, the ambassador would speak and bring them back to the king and the king's wishes. Ambassadors spent their life in foreign lands. Ambassadors spent their life with foreign people. Ambassadors spent their life with people that maybe they didn't always mix it up with because they had a message to deliver to those people from the king of kings. Church, this morning, if I asked you, do you know of people that are broken in your sphere of influence? 
If I asked you, do you know of people that are struggling in your sphere of influence? If I asked you, do you know of people that feel like they're on this side of the chasm and man, they want on this other side, they just don't know how to get there, then I'm gonna ask you this, to be praying for them because you are bridge builders in this place today. This ministry of reconciliation was given to us. And it doesn't mean to your pastor, and it doesn't mean to your worship leaders. This ministry of reconciliation was given to us as believers in Jesus Christ. Now, you may not be the guy that walks around and just is able to share it all the time because maybe you're more a little introverted. That's okay. You can do it in your own way. But I'm still promising you the ministry of reconciliation has been put on your life. And it's time. It's time, it's time to hold our cross. It's time to show people that they can get to God. It's time to show people that building their own bridges isn't gonna work. It's time to show people that this is the way. You are a bridge builder. You were called to build bridges. You are ministers of reconciliation and it's time for the church to step up in its role. And when the church steps up in its role, the church will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. When the church steps up in its role, the Holy Spirit will come over you because God wants his purposes to flourish much more than we ever would, amen? You will be filled when you walk in the purposes of God. Will you guys pray with us this morning? Heavenly Father, today we wanna be bridge builders in this place. Today, Father God, we wanna be ministers of reconciliation. Today, God, we pray and, and we just speak over this room that we will be men and women that carry that cross proudly show God that there is brokenness on one side that can find fulfillment and wholeness on the other side. Today, God, when we release out of these doors in a few moments, we release a kingdom of bridge builders for more of you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.